Dennis is going to be talking about steps 10 and 11, and those are continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, and sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So Dennis, we'd like to hear what you have to say on those steps. I'm Dennis and I'm an alcoholic. I'm supposed to speak on steps 10 and 11 and uh, how I arrived there. And I'm going to give you a little bit of how I arrived here. And uh, I'm going to do step 10 first because step 11 gets a little thick. But uh, step 10, when I was out there drinking, you know, I didn't make mistakes. It was always somebody else's fault. You know, I was the great Casey, I thought. And then, one day I wasn't. My drinking had gotten me to the point where uh, I couldn't think straight anymore. And I thought I was crazy. And uh, everything I did, I know I still am, yeah. And uh, my life started to go in strange directions, you know, all the timing was off and the, uh, if I should have went to the left, I I went to the right. Uh, Things were happening like that all day, every day. It was like God was kind of nipping at my heels at the time. Anyway, bringing this up to date to today, to the best of my ability, if an issue comes up, I try and address it as it comes up so that I can have some kind of sense of peace and serenity, which I get from this program. And uh, it's after doing the first nine steps that uh, that I started to uh, feel better and uh, I started to become a part of rather than a part from AA but uh, step 11 for me I went to a uh, Catholic grade school went to church six days a week had religion class five days a week got to eighth grade and they said you know we can get you a scholarship to prep for uh, your athletic prowess and I said they've held me prisoner for eight years I ain't going anywhere near that place so I walked away from that kind of thinking but little did I realize that the seed was planted right then that the things that they were teaching me at that time when I went to a public school I noticed a drastic difference that the, 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 it wasn't the same feel you know and, and I'm thinking to myself everything I learned in there doesn't apply here so I went on through school and uh, we got done with that and I started to play music when I was 19 years old I started playing music in the bars and there was a certain spiritual aspect to that 
the connection to the audience and the uh, the uh, even the dance and all of it. You know, I, I felt a, like a connection, and I I started to like meditate for an hour or two before I would go in to play, and I would pray that everybody made it home okay and that kind of stuff. Well, I hadn't drank very much up to that point. So, I started to hang around the pool room during the day to keep from drinking. So, me and Joe for 20 years, you know, we hung around the pool room. We would punch in every day at noon and leave at 1 in the morning. <clears throat> or something like that. So, my music career was in full bloom. Uh, me and my brother hooked up and depending on who you talk to, we were either famous or infamous. <laughs> the name of our first band together was 86 Proof, which was a, you know, I don't have to explain that at all to anybody here. <laughs> so, As time went on, Bob and I kind of clashed as people, but on stage it worked. And uh, my drinking started to accelerate, and uh, by the time I got here, I was in full bloom, or you could literally scrape me right off the highway. I mean, it was that bad. And. Uh, <clears throat> So I, who do I call on the night in question? I called my brother Bob. I said, you know, I, I need help. He says, well, meet me tomorrow on my route, you know. So I went looking on his mail route, and I found him. He said, well, I can give you the number of hotline. I can give you the number of family crisis. Or I could take you to an AA meeting. I said, well, what's with this AA? He said, well, I'm supposed to ask you not to drink the rest of the day. I said, well, you know I don't drink till 6 o'clock at night. <laughs> he said, well, i got to ask you that. I said, well, okay. So we had to play that night, and we went to uh, actually Friday night Wesleyville, where I still go today. And... Uh, <clears throat> We got there early and people are talking like today, you know, everybody's having a good time and talking and all of a sudden 8 o'clock rolled around and it was like, whew, silence. You know, and people started reading this stuff and I'm like, ooh, man, what in the hell is this, you know? <laughs> so, <clears throat> we had to leave early and we're heading out the door and Bob says, I'm Bob Casey and I'm an alcoholic and I gotta go. And I, ah, ha, ha, I'm Denny Casey, I'm an alcoholic, and I gotta go too. So we get in the car, and he says, Well, what do you think? I said, About what? He said, Do you think they can help you? I said, I don't see how they can help me. <laughs> he said, Well, you just took the first step. I said, I did? He said, Yeah, you said you were an alcoholic. I said, Well, he said it because you said it. And, uh, I know I already told that one. Anyway, <laughs> you're going to hear a lot of repeating tonight. I gave you everything I had the first few. <laughs> anyway, so 
I started hanging around the club, and Bob would take me to the night meetings. I said, man, you got to get a sponsor. You got to get a sponsor. So we're sitting in Dominic's one day, and there's Butch. And I said, he'd be a perfect sponsor for me because he stutters and I have a bad eye. And again, there's a certain logic in there that I can't tell you what that is. But, so he goes up to the counter and he asked Butch to be my sponsor. I said, you're not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do that. He said, well, it's too late now. Anyway, so Butch became my sponsor. And of course, he could never interrupt me because I'd get on a roll and he'd be like, and he, and he couldn't get it out, you know. So, so things went on a couple of months and one day we were playing at the VFW on 26th Street at the time and one day I was in there and a series of events happened and I was still in the DTs after two months because I didn't go to no no uh, uh, rehabs or anything like that and they were kind of like uh, spoon feeding it to me at the at the club the old timers so here it comes Kathy <laughs> I can't hold it out no longer <laughs> so I get out of there and I'm stark raving mad going down 26th street I get to 26 in Hayburger and I parted the Red Sea. I thought I was Jesus. I get into this blessed sacrament and I'm not going to like go into detail on real detail on what went on but uh, I was preaching to no one and the cops found me there. <laughs> And I was stark raving mad. I mean, I was stark raving mad. So he take me to 2R North. My older brother Dick comes in. Joe knows Dick. Poor. And he, he had his own business at the time. And he looks over at me and says, You all right? I said, I don't know. He said, well, he said, I gotta get back to work. He said, you know, I ain't gonna hang around here all afternoon while you try and figure out who the hell you are. So, okay, yeah, see you later. So then, you know, Mary Magdalene was, uh, she was the counselor and, you know, it was, it was all good. Hey, I felt great, you know, I was Jesus. Unfortunately, that didn't last very long. And uh, the only other person I know of that thought that was Kathy. They asked her name, she said, I'm Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, what a, so, I'm in the nut ward, and here comes Joe. Case, don't panic, man. It affects some people this way. He said, let's play a few games of pool. So we play a few games of pool, and he says, you ain't too nuts, you're playing pretty freaking good. <laughs> so, I'm glad you're here tonight. That was, that was great. And uh, that was really one of them deals where you really had to be there to, to really appreciate that. 
And my wife comes in and she's playing ping pong with me. And my wife's not like athletically inclined. So, you know, I'm beating her up pretty good on the ping pong table. But uh, then, uh, then I knew a uh, nurse on the eighth floor. She heard I was in there and she come down. And she said, Dennis, if you behave yourself and sleep overnight, and if you ask these people in the morning, you can leave. So now I'm trying to act like I'm freaking cured or something, right? And I got this Haldol shit in me to make matters worse. But I, I bluffed my way through and they let me out and I went home and I flushed the Haldol down the toilet. I said, boy, this AA ain't for me. Oh, man, oh, man. So I was renting a room from Raven Sound at the time, and uh, in comes Jim Madden one day. He said, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 da. Let's go make a song in my studio. So we did. We went over to the studio, and we had a good time. We got done. I said, hey, uh, what's with this AA anyway? And he says, well, it's helping me. I've been here two years, he said, and things have dramatically changed. He said, why don't we go next door and have a cup of coffee and talk about it? So we did. And he convinced me to come out to Willow Run. He said, go on out there, start over again. He said, try it again. So <clears throat> I did. I, I went out and I started to open up my ears and shut my mouth and Dick Hurdle, second week. The guy is in that fucking miracle. Look at him up there. You know, I'm up here talking like I am now. Whatever that is, I don't know, but I'm going to keep on talking. <laughs> I got you people prisoner here. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so I go out to Willow Run, and they 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 started me making the coffee. Someone. I must have complained one day or something. <laughs> they had me making the coffee. So I had to show up every week. And I started to like get to know people and, and the such. Which brings me up to step 11. Uh, the reason I give you the background is because that had a lot to do with once I settled down to a, to a dull roar, I... Uh, started to pray in the morning help for help and, and thank God at night and and slowly but surely my prayer life started to accelerate I started to pray a lot I started talking to God whenever I was alone then I started looking to you people that God was speaking through you to me <clears throat> and the spiritual life slowly started to seep in there and grab a hold at first it seemed weak and then it just steadily got stronger and uh, the longer I came and the more meetings I went to the stronger it got and I started to make friends in here and I started to 
sponsor people and uh, Butch he passed away and uh, Chuck G became my sponsor and uh, he still is today and I was going through some rough times early on and, he, and Chuck said you know just keep going Casey you're gonna be fine just keep walking when you get through to the other side of this you're gonna understand a lot well he was right when I got through the uh, immediate crises that I were in my life took a dramatic turn for the better and uh, people who know me for a long time know that I'm not the same person I was when I came in here and the biggest change is on the inside I uh, played music at a church for 23 years and uh, just recently that stopped but uh, I felt comfortable there you know I, I used to crack jokes you know I'd walk into church and go I heard this voice say oh what are you doing here you know and and that went away uh, when I was when I had the studio there was always a two, two person conversation in there and I was the only person there so God was speaking to me. He was actually teaching me how to do this stuff. Seriously. You know, he'd say, no, 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 don't do that. Oh, okay. Whatever you say, you know. But uh, it just reminds me of the old song, Turn Your Radio On. You know, that's, that's what happened here. You know, actually I had my radio turned on by you people. And uh, the... Uh, the biggest thing is 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 uh, staying awake. <laughs> Arab. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you can sleep if you want to. <laughs> anyway, the, the I saw the people around me getting better. That that was the biggest thing that got my attention. Because at first I'm like. Eh. But uh, today, I go to two meetings a day because I love going to AA meetings. They're great. The people are great. There's a lot of high-performing people here. People that are movers and shakers. And, and the outside world doesn't even have a clue that this exists. And it's because of the spiritual part of this program and the and the fact that we're all out there in society and we're not contributing for the most part to the problems out there we live in the solution here and prayer and meditation is a huge part of that and again as I stated earlier in order to do a thorough job of step 11 and 10 I had to do the first nine steps first. They're in order for a reason. Even though I remember when I first got here and somebody told me that, I said, well, I guess I'm in trouble because I'm skipping around all over the place. And I was, because I was all over the place. The, uh, my, uh, uh, my money situation these days is, is turned around and, uh, and uh, life's a little easier for me today and uh, that's good but when life was tough 
AA was there. And the amazing thing to me about prayer is that I apply it to everything in my life today. And uh, it's, uh, I noticed that a lot, not a lot, but there's a certain amount of people that come in here that, that have trouble with God. And they've now figured out ways of at least communicating that God can be a group of drunks or a good orderly direction or gift of desperation. And uh, the, the one thing that was a constant in here all the time I've come here, I've always felt welcome. I've never been lied to about how to stay sober in here. I've made some great friends in here. Friends that you don't even know you have them. And then all of a sudden you do. There's no uh, special time that, uh, that suddenly happens. It just happens over a period of time. Because we're always under a positive light in here. And uh, over the years, I got comfortable with people in here. And uh, I didn't think anything could ever take the place of playing live music. But this has definitely done that. And I'm now 80 years old and I left that pretty much behind. But uh, this I'll do until the day I'm gone. And uh, hopefully, anyway, if I'm smart. But uh, if you haven't got to step 11 yet, you'll be amazed before you're halfway through. You'll know a new freedom and a new happiness. You will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. No matter how far down the scale you've gone, you find out that you can benefit other people. And those are part of the promises of this program. And all of the promises have come true in my life. I've actually been married to Jan for 27 years and I've never cheated on her, which is, if you knew me way back when, you would find that that would be absolutely impossible. Because when I was playing music, if it was female and it moved, I, it was open season. Anyway, that's all I got. So now, if anybody has questions for our speaker, go ahead and raise your hand. And I'll bring you the microphone. So he wants to get us started. And if you're on Zoom and you have a question, just go ahead and speak up as well, just whenever you uh, feel Not everybody to. all at once, please. Any questions? Oh, Kevin. Kevin's got a question. It's like leaving a restaurant without a tip, you know, come on. <laughs> Dennis, thanks for agreeing. It's yeah, it's on, okay. Can't hear myself, that's very unusual. <laughs> anyway, Dennis, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got a chance to hear the story. <laughs> 
but you know, like you were saying, but you've said several times, you know, uh, these steps are in an order, and um, you know, in order to do steps ten and eleven, you had to do the first nine, which you know is probably you know the best advice for all of us. But um, when you're doing a ten step, do you do that like uh, on a regular basis? Do you? Uh, how did it? How did the ten step evolve for you? into what it was and what it's like today. Well, when I did the fourth step and the fifth step and all that stuff, by the time I got to the tenth step, I understood. It, it, for me, it's about addressing situations as they unfold. Living in the present tense, if you will. Uh, the... Uh, I got to go over that again in my head. Uh, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Yes, and uh, I learned a lot about myself in here, and uh, I've learned not to say that extra sentence, the one that like lights a fire under everything, because. I, I could do that really easy and I had to train myself to do that like the little voice in my head going don't say it and I'm like oh okay and, you know I'm, I'm carrying this conversation on in my head and what happens is uh, what I notice is people who are earth people they don't know how to respond to that because they expect a certain response from you. And when you don't do it and you're not predictable and you don't live in that self-centered world, when you live in a God-centered world, they don't, that doesn't compute with people. I mean, I've seen it happen so many times where they're trying to bait you. And all of a sudden, I'm not like taking the bait, and that's a uh, uh, because of this program. And it, it it all this stuff doesn't just you know drop into your lap when you come walking in here because nobody walked in here on the wings of victory, right, Kim? Right. <laughs> it's my friend and my wife. But slowly but surely, we learn a new way to think. And I don't always get it perfect. But I'm not in a collision course with people anymore. I'm, I've learned how to adjust to situations that used to baffle me. You know, I would be sitting there chewing on it, getting angry in the whole nine yards, whereas today I'm like, no, I ain't going to address that. Because I like living a joyful life. And the reason I'm living a joyful life today is because I do the next right thing. And I don't drink, and I go to meetings. And it sounds oversimplified, but I get my strength from these meetings. And uh, when I meet 
people out there that are like uh, going against the grain, I just let them go. Knock yourself out, boys and girls, you know. Because I know where I'm going. I'll be at a meeting today. And I'm at one now, and that's all I got to say about that. Are there any other questions? <laughs> Don't everybody. Ah, we got one. All right. Hi, Dennis. Terry. Alcoholic. Um, just curious. Do you still have like the two-way conversation with God? Oh yeah. All day long. Yeah. Okay. If I'm not speaking to one of you people or my wife or anybody else, it's going on all the time. Uh, Never stops. So you're on the beam then? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> It's a spiritual awareness that that has been honed in these rooms. And uh, if you hang around long enough, everybody gets it in a different way. But that's how I got it. And uh, that's what I live the program. It's just that simple. Uh-oh. Alcoholic or, uh, uh, many people don't realize uh, the talents that you have. Um, the music, I mean, which is, I mean, you know, in my younger days, you were the band to go see, and then um, uh, the, uh, uh, the the pool. How really good you were at pool and still are. And, and also like golf, okay? I mean, scratch golfer. I mean, I've never seen anybody as good as what, you know, other than going out to see a professional golfer. Do you think that, that, that you, those talents that you have were enhanced in sobriety or um, uh, did, did you, I mean, did you? Did they get better for you, or uh, did you learn to cope with them better? <laughs> I might ask you that way. But were, was your game enhanced because of sobriety, or 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 um, uh, or was it more acceptance of what you had? Well, I had to learn that. Is the one thing I couldn't control was my temper. And the perfection, the myth of perfection. You know, I wanted it all, I wanted it now, and I wanted it all the time, and I wanted to beat your ass. I mean, that's just the way it was, you know. I don't care if it was pool, golf, flipping coins, running a race. I, I mean, it's, I was a driven man, and uh, I'm no longer that way. And, it, and it's from coming here and, and listening to this every day and learning that it's not the differences in here that are accentuated it's what we have in common that's the issue here and for me that's where the spiritual aspect of this program comes from is the unspoken things in here that do not need to be said that everybody in this room at various stages of sobriety completely understand without an explanation. 
But if you go to explain it to somebody out there, they would look at you like you had 40 heads. 50. Anyway. <laughs> so, you saw the mess I was, Joe, when I got here. And uh, the way it's changed is just amazing to me. I, I mean, I take no credit for it. This is all God and you people who educate me on a daily basis that living a sober life is the only way to live. And I didn't understand when I first got here, we have an edge on this because we're sober. Can you imagine all the people in this, politicians and stuff, they're either hung over or drunk when they're making all these decisions? That's a pretty scary thought. We don't have to worry about stuff like that. We have no leaders. We come here because we want to come here. And I can now sit in a room and just sit. I couldn't even do that. And you know, if I, if I hit one to the left on the golf course, I mean, I would just come unglued. <laughs> and that's no longer the case. But uh, it, it was my temper that I could not control. And, it, and the funniest thing is, the only way I ended up controlling anything was by giving up control, which is the strangest thing. A friend of mine named Preston came up to me with this book of poems by Lao Tzu written in 650 BC he said Casey you got to read this book he said this is the way to live so I'm reading these poems you know blunt the sharpness be brilliant not blinding it's better for the small country to be taken over by the big country because both of them are better off and I read it about four times and it's full of this stuff and I'm like what the hell? So I turned the book over and this is what it said. This book is to teach you to accept what is right in front of you, learning to work with it instead of working against it. Because the more you resist, the more it will resist you. Well, you know, this is 650 BC and the guy's telling you you got to have acceptance, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so... I wonder if they had an AA meeting then. Uh, boy. Okay, any other questions? <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Hi, everyone. Gretchen, alcoholic. Hey, Gretchen. So what do you say to the new person who's sitting here listening to you talk about step, step 11 in spirituality? How does that impact your um, ability to put down the drink? Uh, I had to learn to apply that to putting down the drink. And here, I, I mean, I... I loved God, I understood God all the way through the whole thing. We know that I'm educated in godly ways. But how do you apply that to not drinking? And that's where all the steps basically came in. Because you're not only just praying with the 11th step, all the steps are spiritual. That's why they're put in order and in a certain way. Because 
even the idle conversations in here are spiritual because you're taking an hour out of your day to come in here and even if you feel like drinking you come anyway she knows how to smack her in the ass if she didn't <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I can't help <laughs> but Kim has eight days sober uh, hey To us who have been here a while, that might not seem like much. But to someone who just walked through these doors and didn't have any idea what they were walking into, it can be a pretty scary proposition. What she's found out already, that the women are flocking to her like all over the place. It's, it's wonderful. And all people want to do is love on you in here. And that's, that's one of the greatest things about this program. You know, people come in and they and they try and get alley and, and nasty in the whole nine yards. It doesn't work. Nobody pays attention to them. <laughs> when they first started this, they were going to like bar jailbirds and, you know, certain types of folks. And they found out that that didn't work. So they just opened the doors. If you're an alcoholic and you admit it, then you're welcome here. And uh, this, this could be the... Uh, one of the only places that never asked me to leave. You know, because I had my days where I got tossed out here and there of a bar and, you know, like the rest of us. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, we were like, hey, weren't we something? Anyway, for the newcomer, you know, and for you girls, hey, that's Kim. You know, get used to her. She's going to be around. Any other questions? Thanks for being here, Dennis. Um, I'm Leslie, alcoholic. And the question, you know, one thing you talked about, I, I just got to comment on a minute is, you know, a lot of men come into the rooms through the correctional system and a lot of the women come in the rooms through the psychiatric system. So I find your story kind of refreshing um, in, in that regard. So there you go, um, as did I. And I, I certainly, I have to admit I know how how doll feels and it's really not good so anyway um, back to the main point of mainly step 11 and I was wondering what what does your daily what does your prayer like life look like do you pray in the morning you I mean I kind of get the sense that you're always engaged in prayer to one level or other but do you have some sort of Routine that yes. you follow, and if so, could you share what that might, what that is? Uh, before I get out of bed in the morning, I say a rosary. I get up, I go and pray with my wife that God help us through the day to do His will and to help people, and for me, of course, to stay sober. And uh, during the day, I. Uh, Again, I'm back and forth with God all day long. And at night, uh, uh, at the end of the night, 
my wife and I pray for probably 20-25 minutes just for people in general probably either a lot of you specifically and all of you in general and uh, I go to bed and before I go to sleep I say another rosary and uh, that's it and uh, that's because that's the way I was raised and and the the voice that keeps coming in my head keeps saying to me just do what I taught you you don't have to like pay attention to all the other ways that people do things just what you learned from AA and what you learned in school and what you learned about me along the way apply it on a daily basis so that's where the rosary comes from that's what I was taught when I was a kid and uh, it brings me comfort and uh, that's all I got to say about that anyone else Thanks again, Dennis. Great talk. Appreciate it. You mentioned a couple of things when you're discussing the uh, mental health issues, and sometimes we hear, um, sometimes we hear something like this from newcomers. You know, I've, I've got, you know, yeah, I've got, I got problems with, with drinking, but yeah, gotta understand, I also am struggling with mental health issues, and and so on, and that's kind of a conversation stopper sometimes. At least, at least is for me because I don't want to argue or anything like that, but. Um, can you can you say for yourself that uh, you know the the situation you found yourself in, which is not unlike some situations I found myself in as well? Can you say that AA has been sufficient to address all of those issues for you? Yes. And uh, you know I'm still I'm still nuts, but in a good way. <laughs> because I've become kind of like wacky which is okay you know I don't you could call me wacky Casey if you want that's okay because it's a goofball kind of nuts rather than them squirrels running through my head all day long and the it's the darkness that's gone the with the mental health issues with me I was in a very 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 dark place and now Basically, AA has turned on the light, and it's brilliant, but it's not blinding. Uh, that one got So now I know what he meant with that book. Okay, all right. So, you know, if you're not just a little bit goofy, then life can be awful tough. And uh, I've seen the dark side of life. Uh, I did not come up easily. As I said before, my oldest brother had infantile paralysis. My second brother is the longest living cancer survivor in history. I have a bad eye and both my younger brothers were in Vietnam at the same time in, in combat areas. So this was all before I was 21 that we faced all this. But, you know, you can't live your life and keep on dredging that kind of garbage up. You know, as you can see, despite all that, I'm 80 years old, and I plan on living another 80. <laughs> Any last questions?
Thank you, Dennis.